Hi, and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. My name is Chris O'Fong, the editor of the Toolkit. And this was a podcast that we recorded back in Poland, back in November. Uh, it's a wonderful festival dedicated to the art of cinematography, celebrating uh, cinematographers from across the world called Camera Image. And I had the unique pleasure of sitting down with the director and cinematographer of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We are here at Camera Image, uh, where uh, Robert Richardson and... No, no, we got to start that all over. Yeah. Okay. It's where Quentin Tarantino and Robert <laughs> Richardson. Well, here's the thing, though, I, and I thought this out. I thought this out. Okay, you may think this it is, This is the one. No, he this makes the one, way, yeah. This is the one week. This is the one week, because I've been here before. I get it. This is where the cinematographer is the star. I'm, and I'm with you. I'm with you, you know, but I still uh, don't want it. You don't want it. Okay. <laughs> uh, where Quentin Tarantino and his... Um, Illustrious uh, cinematographer Robert uh, Richardson. We uh, illustrious uh, too. Are, are <laughs> here to accept. What we're gonna their, say is we got Ro- we had Quinn Tarantino. Uh, here we are at Camera Mosh, and we have Quinn Tarantino, and a cinematographer Robert Richardson. So, Except, well, I don't. Uh, now you take it from there. Right. Well, they're going to be accepting uh, an award for their collaboration um, here tonight. You know, Quentin, I, I was. I was Watched all. I rewatched all your uh, movies that you've made the last six with Bob uh, last week, and I, I started to think back. Um, it's I imagine it's early two thousands. You're gearing up for for Kill Bill, yeah. And I imagine a new cinematographer is not a decision taken lightly. It obviously is one that that collaboration is one that has blossomed work. But I'm wondering yeah. if you could even take go back to that. Like, what were you thinking? What were you looking for? You know, and I imagine a lot of this had to do with like the demands of Kill Bill, right? In terms of going for Bob? I have a very specific answer to that because uh, initially putting the idea together in my mind, I had a whole hodgepodge idea of the movie by the fact that, you know, kind of it deals with movie uh kind of Shaw, uh, Shaw Brothers aesthetic uh, s- pulpy 70s samurai film aesthetic a Japanese anime aesthetic a s- spaghetti western aesthetic um of uh uh compartmentalizing the whole damn thing I even had an idea of uh uh you know hiring um uh f- four composers to do different sections nobody was into that idea <laughs> uh, um and I had the idea of, uh, uh, not only the idea, I, uh, but first I had the idea of hiring two different cinematographers. And then I did. Uh, I hired uh, the Hong Kong cinematographer, Arthur Wong, and I hired the cinematographer, Guillermo Navarro, who I had done um, Jackie Brown with. And uh, uh, they were hired. They were going to do the movie. And then, um, uh, in fact, we went on a location scout and Guillermo was supposed to go with us. And he asked, could he get out of the location scout because he had a, a commercial that was offered. And he goes, look, if you absolutely insist that I go on the location scout, I'll tell them to go to hell on the commercial. You know, but I would really like to do it. Okay, and, by the way, that <laughs> is completely wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but it is. Yeah. And I said, yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, um, and then all of a sudden out of the blue, uh, I'd heard that Robert Richardson wanted to, to uh, uh, he had read the script and he liked it and he wanted to sit down and, and meet me and, and talk with me about it. Um, and I met, I had met Robert once before on the set of a casino when I, I was in Vegas and I visited the set and I, I met Bob then. And 
we watched. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And then when, yeah, we had uh, we watched uh, Reign of Terror and Raw Deal. I believe. And yeah. Wasn't T Men also part of that? Or was uh, it just Reign of Terror? I think it was Reign of I think it was Reign of Terror and Raw Deal. All right. All I think the, all, the next all night the great, you saw uh, all, men, uh, all, uh, all yeah. It was all all, all this films. all Anthony Mann all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Mann <laughs> over Casino. The weekend, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On 16 millimeter, just in the production. In a office. small little room. Yeah, it's a little room. On there were like only like seven or eight seats. Yeah, 60, it was us and the PAs. God, yeah. I love those three films. Yeah. There's only, yeah. no, and AD. Yeah, oh, Joe yeah. Reedy came. Oh, he was there too. Okay. Yeah, it was like, but nobody else came. Yeah. And so the thing is, is, uh, um, and I was like, okay, I'll get together and meet him. I was kind of, there. were, you know, uh, uh, you know, the producers were kind of pushing me like he's one of the greatest cinematographers in the world. Uh, you know, you know, what's it going to hurt to sit down and have Thai food with him? I ate Thai food. He had like twenty cups of uh, espresso, and uh, um, so we got together and we started talking. And I told him that I had already hired two other guys, and we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked, and basically, I just fell in love. Mm. I just fell in love, and I uh, let those two guys go. Now, the thing is, if Guillermo had have gone on that location scout, I, morally, I wouldn't have been able to do that. We would have actually had, had cemented our relationship. I couldn't have done that. Um, like, maybe I could have, all right? Yeah, maybe now I would have, all right? But then I wouldn't have. Uh, but anyway, he didn't, all right? You know, uh, so uh, I was able to, so I uh, uh, said goodbye to the guys. Actually, Arthur Wong was actually really cool about it. He goes, actually, frankly, Quentin, to hear that you're in love with somebody like that makes me happy. So go have a great life. <laughs> he, and he meant it, too. <laughs> Guillermo, not so much. But- and he was there. Yeah, he was at the uh, cinematography thing. We, uh, we got the uh, yeah. cinematography award. Like, yeah. hey, he's, a, he's a great lifetime. guy. He's a great guy. And he was in the, in the hall when Quentin was talking. And <laughs> I had no idea, actually, that he was in the hall. But I've been told that at his table, there was not the most positive response to the conversation. <laughs> Well, you know, but yet, he's, he's earned that, 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 you know, he's, he's come, he's earned that. Yeah. <laughs> it, he comes by it honestly. You know, um, there's a lot of things to admire about your work, Bob, but one thing I've always noticed uh, for as long as I've been watching your films is, is, is how, no matter who the director is, able to dial in on the movement that is wanted, you know, in, in that sense of... Not just that you're very technical and great at moving the camera, but also, you know, a Scorsese movement is different than a Stone movement, and and, and Quentin's movements changed throughout those six films. And I, I, I'm fascinated about your early collaboration with Quentin on Kill Bill because of this element of, I, I was watching it, it's like, it is a lot of very bold moves. And I have to imagine right away finding... Um, a common language and how how one moves the camera for Quentin Tarantino doing Kill Bill that must have been kind of a, a kind of a very st- interesting start to a collaboration. It, uh, Quentin has a vision on his own, which is unique from Marty or Oliver, and you know it snap zooms, which for me were like a zoom. <laughs> Really? Just any zoom. <laughs> any <laughs> zoom. Snap zoom. <laughs> yeah, like a zoom. And, you know, but then I found that when you work with someone uh, who has, I mean, I always have felt that you have to collaborate and be a chameleon. You have to absorb their vision. And for me, it, I, I was never, ever 
going to question his fucking vision. But I will tell you a private story. Um, when the two of us started working, uh, initially, Quentin wanted to have, I think it was your key grip. Yeah, yeah. He wanted his key grip with us. And was it first assistant or? Yeah, and particularly the first, first AC, yeah. And I was very opposed to it. And I kept asking Lawrence at that time, who was the producer, why? Like, why? And it was the idea that, of course, he wanted them, these people, everyone, to work for him. I don't work for anybody else. And my crew does not work for me. We work for the same thing, which, is, which proved to be true as we went longer and longer into a relationship. You know, like, we've got Herbalt, Chris Centrella, we have Ian Kincaid, and Gregor, and they love Quentin. It's like, you may find odd elements. It didn't feel that way the first three months. <laughs> it really felt like really? they were working for you. you yeah, we talked about it. If, if, it completely felt like they were working for you. But, you were working for me, but they were working for you, make no mistake. Yeah, but, but I'm working for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and then, I, I get you. I, I get and that. then you used to get like... You know, I think that I believe that as a cinematographer, you have to be, there's only one person you work for. Only one. And the crew, if they don't follow, they're not on the show. There's, there's no reason to have them. Meaning, they work for Quentin. They work for the vision of Quentin. Each film is different. Each film uh, has its own it has its own needs. I'm very curious though, because you know, th this to a certain degree, this new one, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, harks back to when I fell in love with Quentin Tarantino, LA, mm -hmm. three yeah. films. And, and to me, maybe that also just could be I was the video store clerk when those three films came out. So maybe <laughs> that's just me. But there is an element to me, uh, this is actually more for Bob, but there is an element for me about Quentin in LA than these these some of the worlds that um yeah. the, uh, Django or you know no, there, there was a there was a me coming back to LA yeah. after almost 20 years yeah <laughs> well I mean let's talk about this right Quentin gives you the script or however that works what are those initial conversations I, I know we can we'll get into the execution but in terms of your you're reading this wonderful story but what you know in terms of what's this going to look like what is what is this 1966 is that right 69 69 um Quentin Tarantino Hollywood looked like? Okay, I'll do a different story. I just sat up in Quentin's room, mm -hmm. and he said, sit down, I want to read you something. And he read me a piece he'd just written. The fucking guy is on fire. I mean, on fire. All cylinders are burning. They burn all the time. You get a script by Quentin Tarantino, you are in that zone. If you're not in the zone of his cylinders that are burning, get the fuck out and walk away from the show. This man is, I'm going to, Quinn, you may not like this. <laughs> he is by far the most brilliant director I've ever worked with. And I've worked with some very good directors, but Quentin is by far the most complete director. In that sense, I'm not going to argue with you, but in that sense, though, what, what, I, what I think I hear you saying is, is that... It, 
I was asking about like, what's this film going to look like? What's it going to feel like? That's radiating from the page. Is that kind of what is, is that in, in a sense, in a sense like you just read something he wrote you? Um, I, I saw it the minute you saw it. The minute you ta- you're talking it. 1969. Yeah. You, he describes if you've read one of his scripts, mm-hmm. it describes the look of a movie. It describes the way the camera moves. It describes every aspect of what I have to do as a cinematographer. And what I need to do is research the elements that he is leading me to. Like television, I didn't understand. Like, I didn't, Lancer, I had never seen Lancer. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. Like, you know, it's a joke, but like, I didn't know, like, dance choreographers. Mm -hmm. Like, when, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, so much shit came down on the script as it put before me. And if you don't know the story, I was given the script by Quinn at his house. And I sat at a small dining room table while he meandered around. Oh, that's stressful. Just <laughs> within my eyesight. <laughs> that's stressful. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I, it it was, would seem to be stressful. People actually, well, the, 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 the close people that I lived, they kind of, they kind of like it. All right. <laughs> Is it like watching their faces watching a movie? Well, no, I'm not. I, 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 it's I'm not. I, I'm leaving them alone. I just visit them from time to time. It's your house. You're going in and out yeah, of yeah, kitchen yeah. stuff. I become very aware. It's like I'm a cinematographer. I have eyes. Once upon a time, Oliver said to me, "I'm a ward man. You're the eye man." And I think it's very true. Mm-hmm. When I'm sitting at a table, I'm the people I've most respected in my life are writers and directors. I think that they have to be that one thing. Um, Quinn is clearly that, and I think Quinn has the same feeling about directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a director and a writer. And so he would wander, and I would see him out of this like small particle in my left eye as he did this, as I am taking abundance of notes what the fuck is this? And I'm writing them down on paper and paper and paper. It's like pages and we're going through, it was 170 pages, yeah, yeah, yeah. three and a half hours, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. think three and a half, something like that I read. And then suddenly it's over and I go like, Quinn, it's fucking fantastic. Where's the last act? Oh, I had no idea how the film ended. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, the whole, the whole, Third act, the, ni- the August stuff. Was that in the vault? The, uh, yeah, exactly. But at that time... That hateful eight experience really scarred you, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for me, it was like, what do I do? Like, and then... But I'll tell you a little side story. We... I didn't get the third act, obviously. Uh, I got that later. We had dinner. His fiancée at that time, uh, now married, uh, came in and she cooked a meal. We sat down, had dinner... She left. It was pretty late. I don't remember how late that was, but... And then the two of us sat there, and he started to play KHJ, which is the music score, which I think is one of the most incredible characters in a movie that is not talked about. I think Mm -hmm. without KHJ in the film, you can lose track of the time period you're in. And he played it. At the very end, I left, and... uh, I called the next day and said, I left my glasses 
And I also left my notes. Could I get those back? I got my glasses back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where my notes went. <laughs> you know, uh, this is a period film, but it, seem, it seems to me that to a certain degree, a lot of the period is in, is in, the, is, is, is in the work of the costume designer and your, 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 your production designer. But I'm curious from a photography standpoint, if and not just and not just period, but also a sense of um, what this is. This is Hollywood in transition, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of different ways to go with that. You know, in terms of um, what the references are. Is, is this going to be like? Are we going to make this thing in a certain mode, or, mm-hmm. or how are we going to to look at it? I'm wondering, wondering what that what those references were, and what that what that language was going to be. Um, from a cinematography standpoint, no. Well, that, that's good from director's point. Well, of view. well, let me, yeah, let me, let me throw. Well, in I know that's what I was talking about. Yeah, where were you wanted to? Where did you want to go with this? Yeah, well, I mean, it was funny because uh, we didn't look at any movie that recreated the '60s. That was sort of like you know uh, uh, a cross to a vampire. Ugh, you know, we didn't want any of of, of that stuff uh, um, because it's just like. To me, all I see are the ugly costumes and the ugly colors. You know, if we're going to look at anything, we're going to look at something made in 1969. You know, if we're going to look at anything, we'll look at like Bob and Carol, Ted and Alice, or we'll look at uh, Alex in Wonderland, or we'll, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, or, and, and, you know, Westerns of the time or TV shows of the time. We didn't want to look at any, any movie made in the last 30 years that tried to recreate the 60s. We, we just... I would have killed myself if it looked like any of those movies because I think they look like, I, I just don't like the look of them. In fact, we weren't ever, I don't even know if I even shared this with Bob, but something I had in the back of my mind, I knew I would never do it, but something I had in the back of my mind was maybe even shooting the movie in black and white <laughs> because that would be different. No, you did share that. Yeah, yeah, that would be, I, I was never going to do it, all right, because that's just not how I saw it in my head. But as as a way to as a way to combat ugly costumes, <laughs> would be to, would be to drain those paisley colors away. All right, in that way. And well, I'd never seen that before. That could be actually really kind of cool. Uh, I could never go with that because that was just not the image. That was just not the movie in my head. But but that's how much I didn't want things to look like they were in the hippie department of Central Costumes. <laughs> It is a. It's 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 saturated. It's beautiful. It's it's luminous. I hope that's not a word that cinematographers make cinematographers cringe. But there is there is no a, not at all. <laughs> yeah, but there there there's an element. Having the film conversation at this table makes no sense. I've 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 shooting on film is is what you're doing here. But I I am curious though because I mean there is this element of of your process, and it seems as if part of that color is is the color is is getting the most out of that stock. But it also seems as if part of what's going on here is projecting dailies and and really dialing in. Um, in terms of that daily grade, not waiting in post oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and kind of instantly kind of feedback. And it, I, I, I was talking to some people from Harbor and talking about how intense that process is just of printing mm-hmm. these dailies that Quinn's going to project for the crew. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I mean, I think Yvonne Lucas, yeah, yeah. who's a brilliant colorist, we, he did all the dailies with Photochem. Mm-hmm. And those dailies are the print are what we try to emulate in the release of whether it's a DVD or how it's going to DCP or mm-hmm. it is about 
what's created there. Quentin wants it on camera. That's a very vital aspect of his, mm-hmm. and so of his agenda. This is, so, I, I, this is not a windowed movie. I don't. And I do like windows. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah, he does. I would go like I want to darken that wall because I don't want to spend the time to darken that wall now. Mm-hmm. But the way we make movies with mm-hmm. Quinn is you you shoot it. I mean, hateful, what you see is what you get. What you get. <laughs> like Hateful Eight mm-hmm. is a complete chemical. There's no fucking around here. <laughs> you shoot it, it's projected. And you're trying to see that. You guys are projecting. If you shoot on a Wednesday, you're projecting those dailies on. Well, yes. Well, at least from my perspective, uh, the answer is for the first month. For the first month. And then I stop watching dailies because yeah. I'm too busy making There's the too movie. many days going yeah. in. But he but, watches it all the time. I watch. I'll watch anything that if there's a problem, if there's an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but after the first month, the, the the blooms off the rose, and I got to make the movie. But you yeah. also see it. But chances are, it's already you've gotten it to that place, right? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, yeah. yeah, but I don't actually. I never go to dailies. Yeah, oh, you don't. Okay. No, okay. I I don't like the agendas of other people in the mm-hmm. room, and I can feel them emotionally, mm-hmm. like the costume designer or set decorator, and they're feeling like it's too dark, it's too this. I have a hard time. I'm very vulnerable. I really only want to hear if Quentin doesn't like something, then that's where I'm going. But I don't want to work to the agendas of others. And I think that I avoid as much as possible dailies. I mean, if Quentin said, can you come? I go. But I try to avoid those. But I, it would be after everyone else left. <laughs> and it would just be me and him yeah, sitting in a room. It would be like, <laughs> and then it's like cool to sit in a room mm-hmm. and have those conversations. Well, actually, he would like that. And like even when you did a, a yeah. cut, yeah, yeah. on like the last film, he did a cut. Mm-hmm. And I came in the room. I'm sitting with him. And we have, you have a couple editors around us. Mm-hmm. It's one of the early cuts. And I was like, all right, it's film. We're on a projector. And... I kept giggling as I'm watching the movie. And I'm next to Quinn, or was I ju- I'm just behind you. I don't remember. Yeah, I think you were behind me. It's just behind you. And like, I could see you, like, I could see out of the corner of the fucking bottom left of my eye, you're like, ah, he likes that part. <laughs> and when the f- screening ended, you did, nice to have a fresh eye in the group. Because mm-hmm. everybody else has been living with it, and I was experiencing his cut of material. And I didn't think about how badly I shot it because I don't have any respect for my work. And so I don't want to watch the films I've shot. I hate it, actually. I hate going back. I don't want to sit down and look at my work. I'm sure you had the film in your mind, and I'd love to hear how much the, the, what, what Bob ended up shooting is, is that. But there's this, there, maybe it's that we miss color. And it, or miscolor in that sense of yeah. when we do get it, it's dialed up. You could feel them turning the digital dial, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right on. And this is, this is color that's in camera, and it's mm-hmm. so rich. You were just talking about not wanting some ugly yeah, you know, yeah, 60s yeah, yeah. film. And, and, and this, this feels like a product of that, but it, I, there's not a lot of films that look this rich in terms of color and mm-hmm. the saturation and just this warmth without, once again, the dialing up of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we all know what that looks like, too. You mm-hmm. know, add some orange. I'm curious how much of what Bob ended up shooting for you is in terms of these things is, was, you know, while you're writing this and how, or, or even if it exceeded kind of that richness that this, this world is, this Hollywood of 1969 that you guys created. Well, 
Well, it's well naturally it's better, or right? you know, uh, but that's but that's the goal. Mm-hmm. The goal is you know uh, um, uh, uh, the goal the goal isn't to it isn't to just make the movie that's in my head. The movie that's in my head is the starting point. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 we fail completely, we get that. <laughs> All right, but that's the launch pad. Is the movie in my head, and then um, and then uh, and then I bring great artists and great great craftsmen together, and then. And then they expand on it, and then you know, and, and that's the paint box. But you know, but you know, but Leo is 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 the paint box, and, and Brad is the paint box. I I, I can't just give their performances for them. I know who the characters are. All right, but now they bring an artist artistry you know, to those characters, and you know the thing the thing is. Um, I, I can think about how I want the camera to move or I can think about this groovy shot or, 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 or this or that and the other and I can think of how I want it to look but I can't predict the sun that day. Mm-hmm. I can't pre- predict the, the flares that day and I can't put you know uh, the grain and the emulsion on it that we're getting and I can't predict where the shadows are going to be unless you're trying to get all blade runnery about it you know uh uh you know that is uh, uh you know and you know, and I can't predict the the overcast day yeah. that we're going to get that's going to actually make it fantastic even though in my mind you know it, in my mind every day is a bright sunny day all right when I think about it what a nightmare that is <laughs> Well, I, I'm, let's talk about your. Pro- let's we'll use um, Spawn Ranch because my guess is that people listening to this that it's a fantastic it's a fantastic sequence. But I think it's also probably the one that's in the forward of people's mind, even if they saw. Well, it. I think it's, it's one of the so, best sequences uh, of my entire career. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I want you know, there is a plan. There is a visual plan. I'm sure you. you I, I'm sure you're seeing things in shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm very curious about your process together, and maybe we could talk about that in terms of. Um, finding the how much do those shots alter how much of it is finding it you have very determined shots i can i can answer that immediately mm-hmm. quinn comes in with shot lists they're extraordinarily specific i try to maneuver those shot lists in terms of what's best for light mm-hmm. but sometimes the light isn't going to agree with what he needs to accomplish with acting and then you have to either accept or not accept. And within that, that sequence you're talking about, there are things that I didn't like about it. But overall, we moved together as a team collaborating. And he would allow. And with also, we had a very good AD mm-hmm. who was also working with us. And he helped us. Um, try to find a common spot because in truth I wouldn't ask Quinn if he, he said like I want to shoot this way now generally I would probably go okay fine mm-hmm. but we worked out an agenda well it's taken me it's taken me a few movies with him to not fight him about what you know okay it's it's better for us to go this way as opposed to that way I, I, mm-hmm. I get it now mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I fought with him before about that shit but also <laughs> but, but, you know it's like acting is the central aspect in our relationship very early on we had a conversation about this is going to look shit and he said to me 
if they're looking at your images, they're not listening to my words. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's so true. I mean, it's why I work with writers. <laughs> right? I want a writer-director. It's like, I don't, I do care. Like, I can make beautiful images without question. But to have a director who writes brilliantly, who directs brilliantly, and constructs a film brilliantly, you have to move into their space. And I, I like, he's the best director in the world right now. Well, so, well, like, hello. Well, the thing is, you know, about, about well, thank you very much. Uh, uh, the thing is about, uh, like, the Spawn Ranch sequence, to give you an example, is, uh, and I think this kind of applies to the whole movie, but, I'll, but it in particularly applies to Spawn Ranch, is um, I'll do shot lists about the movie before we actually start shooting. Now, I'm never going to bring those shot lists to the set, ever, ever, ever. And I, I, you know, I throw them away, usually. But it's just, it's a chance for me to make the movie on paper with nobody around. And the only thing it does is, um, is if I come up with some whirly giggy kind of shot, okay, well, now I figured it out. So now I know we need this type of equipment or we're going to need this much time to do that. And, if, and, and then it gives me an idea, of like not, not even so much about the shots, but it gives me an idea how much coverage I'm going to need for a scene. You know, uh, uh, if it's if if it's six setups or if it's thirty six setups. Okay, now I know that I have to think about and I have to think in terms of time that this is what we're going to need for this sequence. It gives me an idea of what we're talking about. Um, at a certain, uh, 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 and maybe I, I carry that with me a little. Maybe not anymore, but I used to carry that with me maybe for the first few weeks. Of the film, but then you know when I actually know I'm everything's all good is when I don't need that crap anymore. No, I'm just I, I show up. We show up in the morning, and then we uh, uh, first thing in the morning we kind of do a running run through of the scene, and then when I send the actors to the chair, then I just sit down on a on an apple box and I write out the shot list for the day, and like that's our work that day. But like for instance, in the case of uh, Spawn Ranch, um, we lived the scene brad drove up in 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 uh, uh the cadillac and we just little by little worked our way to that house and until back. we got the house and then when we got to the house we shot the house and when we were done we little by little worked our way down the stairs until we got back to uh the cadillac again and uh um and there wasn't any ever it was like each each shot dictated the next shot it was literally following the action as need be but you should also know that um, Quinn works uh, with one camera. Right. That's extremely rare. Uh, a lot of people hose things down with multiple cameras and this and that, and I'm not begrudging anyone's perspective. Yeah, but they're selectors. They're not directors. I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, the, my, my feeling is, yeah, exactly. Quinn has always said, I'm a director. I'm not a selector. And my feeling about it, in particular, to make it even more of an ostentatious point, is um, I don't want a sloppy angle in my movie ever. 
every single solitary shot in my movie was composed by us. It's pretty rare. I mean, I've been with no director like him. I have to let you go. I wanted to talk about Lancer, but I think... Uh, okay, well, we'll, 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 we'll go for it. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, I was actually, right before I came here, I was talking to both my father-in-law and my father, who are mm. mid-70s and grew up, and they've both seen your movie. Mm. And they love... <laughs> they, they, they're just in love with the fact that you've recreated something and yeah. then did your own, did yeah, your own yeah, thing yeah, with my it. My version of it, yeah. And so I'm curious, though, because part of this is about recreating that TV to the point that my father and Tom, yeah, you know, yeah. are just like, they instantly recognize it. They even know what you're, they knew the references you were making. I didn't know what the <laughs> fuck, you know? And then, but then inside it, like, so you got to recreate this thing, but then inside it, mm-hmm. it's almost like you, what if I went back and I made one of these and I could do my camera moves yeah, well, and things like that, right? Yeah, we don't, uh, it, it, it was, to keep going. It it was uh, the Lancer thing was 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 a different beast. All right, like for instance, when we did the bounty law thing, um, it's one of the things I'm most proud of about the movie. All right, it was about it, no no it had to be exactly like the way a Rifleman or a Wanted Dead or Alive or a Tales of Wolf's Fargo would have looked, and not like some wannabe faux thing or some Saturday Night Live sketch or anything like that. It had to look exactly like '50s television. And the same, and the, th- the same thing, you know, and you know, well, I mean, Huddle of Baloo wasn't shot on 35 millimeter and, and 235, but you know, but but we were really going for the uh, uh, the authenticity of how that stuff looked. Lancer was a different beast. <laughs> Lan- yeah, obviously, Lancer didn't look like that, and, and obviously, they didn't shoot 85 percent of Lancer on a crane, right? <laughs> you know. Uh, 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 and I didn't care about that. That was, uh, uh, this, this, uh, uh, you know, Lancer was mine. Was there a lot more to Lancer? Yeah, there was, uh, uh, um, yeah, there was, yeah, there, there yeah, there, there, there was, there was, well, you know, actually, frankly, the chili, the truth, there only was actually one more sequence. The first sequence. Yeah, in Lancer, was uh, where the two brothers meet each other with the little girl, all oh, right, okay. you know, and the, we show that at the New Beverly <laughs> from time to time. Uh, um, is that in the new longer cut? I apologize, I haven't seen Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That oh, it's not really, a, it, it, it's, we just put a couple scenes at the end and a couple of things that we had at the beginning. Like, we shot commercials, we shot some, some phony commercials and everything from that era that we didn't, ended up not using, but all that stuff was meant to be completely authentically realistic not i mean it's not supposed to be even funny it's not supposed to be satire it, they're supposed to be just what it is um lancer was different lancer is like you know i love western so lancer was my my opportunity to make a third western kind of like sneak it through the back door <laughs> and was that fun for you also did you have to like go back and look at this stuff or of course i mean but lancer was something that i i, I watched all the lancer episodes i went all the way back, I did Maverick, I did Rifleman, I did et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to study like how to shoot that, but also to make it look. I mean, I lit in a way I never light. I mean, reflecting boards into the face, big old, you know, HMIs, which were would be sen- you know similar to using arcs. I, I lit it in a way which was trying to represent that time period and how they would have shot it. But yeah. Lancer For looks more like a 70s, 70s motion picture Western than a 60s. Yeah, TV I was, I was talking more about Bonnie Law. It's like yeah, 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 that yeah. idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, Lancer we shot. We just shot it like it was, it was the shoot Lancer a fucking movie. movie. It's the Lancer movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and 
Am I wrong? FBI actually had to match. Did you take stuff from something else or did you, is there something here that you had to match something where it's like there was actual footage? That oh you yeah, no, at? no. All the, you know, it's like, uh, 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 we didn't, you know, obviously when, when it came to the great escape, we stuck oh, Leo yeah, in the, the great yeah, escape, yeah, yeah. but, but, but the FBI, except with Leo, no, we shot that, uh, to add to the FBI, to a, a real FBI episode. So you took stuff from FBI and then and then you had to go find a location and yeah. Bob had to make it look like Absolutely. And we did it. And, and we did. I mean and it, it, quite we honestly. couldn't even but we couldn't even believe how it was, it was the first thing we ever saw cut together. Because we had to see it cut together to see did we do it? Did we do it? Is is this successful? And it kind of blew us away. <laughs> it was amazing how mm-hmm. clear it was that those shots would fit. And actually it wouldn't have been the case if a if a cloud cover hadn't have come in right just before we started shooting as as you said before yeah movie gods but you know one of the one of the other uh oh did i just lose my train of thought uh, um one of the th- one of the thing uh the big thing that we did for lancer that ended up being uh really rewarding and also it was just kind of it actually ended up giving benefit even to like dealing with leo about the character and everything was um not so much lancer but um we shot on the Universal uh, backlot. They have, uh, you know, actually the oldest, oldest standing uh, Western set. The 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 livery stable that you see there was like built for a William S. Hart movie. So we were on the Universal lot shooting uh, uh, the Lancer stuff there, and that was like the whole first two weeks of the movie. And and a lot of some of the crew for the first time hadn't read the script. So as far as they were concerned, I guess we're watching a western. You know, uh, uh, I guess we're making a western. You know, and like when Timothy Oliphant was done shooting, was like, well, how can we make? How can, how can he be done? I mean, this this is what we're doing. He's, he's the star. Um, but the thing is, though, is uh, uh, one series that shot that was the more or less right era that shot on uh that western back uh, uh back lot set like weekend week out was the show alias smith and jones oh okay and uh and that's actually a fantastic show and i remember it very well from childhood and actually brad brad as well grew up watching that show so we ended up watching every episode, every episode. of alias smith and jones and seeing how they filmed that hotel and seeing how you know and it was it's not like they hang out in the same town every every episode they're always going so it always has to be a different town and it was always interesting to see how they changed it they put a, a weird courtyard in the middle or they put a tree in the middle or something like that but but it was kind of fascinating i don't think i've ever done that before watch so much footage of a, of a, of a, uh, of a set uh, that we're going to shoot. That's supposed to represent multiple locations. Multiple locations. But it actually gave us a really good idea of, of, of the strengths of the set and the weaknesses of the set and how to accomplish it. Okay. We really need to, you guys, you have, you have an award to go get. I would, I, I, trust me, I'd love to <laughs> keep you here. <laughs> I'd love to keep you here. Uh, congratulations on this film. And also, by the way, congratulations on, uh, on your sixth film together. Oh, thank it, you very it's, much. Uh, it's a wonder. It's the, it's, he's counting yeah. Kill Bill as two, which we do. Do you, do you, do you, five films? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, do you believe, do you believe there's only one more? I believe whatever Quinn's going to do, but I'm hoping there's more than one. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Have fun tonight. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you.